Salter, did I not mention it? He's a goddamn electro freak. Ah, 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 ah. Help! Those were the cries of help from Joe Scrabbles. What's wrong, Joe? I'm a goddamn electro freak. <laughs> That's what's wrong. <laughs> Uh, I'd almost forgotten about him. Uh, we'll get on to him shortly, but uh, yeah. I'm not a goddamn electro freak. My name is Simon Cardi. Uh, I'm here with Matt Perslow. Hello. Are you not, a goddamn electro I'm, freak? I'm not really known for Sparky, am I? I'm, slightly, I'm more subdued <laughs> than that. Are you? <laughs> I thought you Didn't meant as that, in, mate. like, you're not an electrician. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not that either. More of a plasterer, mate. <laughs> That's remind me of the. Uh, this is a real obscure reference for anyone who's watched the Owlman videos on YouTube. But mm-hmm. there's a very funny clip of a Scottish man just shouting, "I'm just an electrician." I'm just an electrician. <laughs> so I find good. it very funny. It's very um, good. But yeah, like I said, that is of relevance to no one. Do you know what should be of relevance to a lot of people though? Is the demo for Outriders, it's which very, I'm going to put it out there. It's a very bold claim. It should be of relevance. I'm telling people, it's a free demo try this game out because i'll tell you for one i was ready to give it a miss mm. i played it for a bit with you two lovely gentlemen mm-hmm. and i'm very pleasantly surprised Me this too. is a very fun game yeah it's uh i mean i think i'm not sure whether they were planning a demo like this before but they announced it when they announced a delay to the game and if it wasn't planned before it's like they've accidentally stumbled on the best possible marketing for their game because we wrote about this yesterday like the demo's huge. It's like mm-hmm. three hours long and replayable, like and leads into the main game. So it's just the entire opening act of the game with a main mission, a boss fight, four side missions, loot farming, like shops to improve, levels to go up. Like it gives you the whole looter shooter experience, and the result is like a really good introduction to this quite like generic looking but actually interesting playing looter shooter yeah. it's a cool thing I think that's the key Like, and the demo is free to play so I would again encourage people to do it and yeah all your progress carries over you won't have to do those missions again in the mm-hmm. main game um, it's just a really smart way of doing it like you said I think they've stumbled across it and yeah I think the reasons I was pleasantly surprised is because I looked at it originally I was like okay this looks pretty generic in style to me like it looks like kind of a gears of war with a little bit of like a sprinkle of mass effect and a looter shooter vibe thrown in but then it actually just i think the bit that surprised me most is it all just runs like Mm. i had one or two little crashes and glitches last night but i think i'm just comparing comparing it to square enix's last looter shooter uh, (laughs) outing which is avengers which you know we've spoken enough about but that game has its faults. I think Whereas this one just I, runs really well. We're all playing on PS5. I do think people have run into problems on other formats, oh. so we might be being lucky. And we have, to be fair, had quite a lot of crashes considering mm-hmm. it's a you know showing off a game. But the actual the core of it, Matt's spoken about it before. I think even on the podcast. But the thing that sold me originally on the concept was Matt's previews about like the ability uses in this game and how it builds on like. Your general sort of mobry, hero-y, cool-down-y ability usage. But the speed at which Outriders gives you weird, cool shit to do is is the selling point for me. Because it is just 
it feels like a you know you can tell it's the com- the company that made Gears of War Judgment like they have pedigree here they like this kind of thing but they've thrown in these magic powers that like an, an hour into this game my character has discovered he's a superhuman and can now turn into a bunch of floating rocks and fly at people anywhere on the map he's really and he's taken that in his stride he has he's not bothered at all by the fact that he's <laughs> becoming just some rocks quite a lot um and and that's what i that's what i'm really into is this idea that it's just like immediately giving you fun things like fun thought experiments to play with in terms of its abilities is really yeah, it's, cool it's not one of those games where kind of like your first ability is you can heal and yeah. now you've got something that buffs your damage by 0.5% for you know 20 seconds like the for example i think cardi is probably his him playing the trickster which is a time manipulation close combat character probably it's very much has me Yes, yeah, oh, absolutely, down to a A minute in my company seems like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) But kind of like the shit that it gives you to do that is very useful for the team to use as well, but the fact that you can create a time bubble, which anything that gets caught in it is slowed down, but it also like shreds their skin from their skeletons, Mm. and then I I have an ability that can turn those skeletons into a bomb, and then they explode. (laughs) And so it's like you get all of that within about an hour and an hour and a half of play. Like it doesn't mm. mess around with mm-hmm. how quickly it not only just gives you things that are very useful and have synergy with all the other characters, but also looks like the stuff that you would get end game in so yeah. many other games. I think and that's what I love. Yeah, I think that's what's really interesting about how about the farming loop as well. Like you know, lots of looter shooters, for better and worse, are about like gradual incremental increases in power and like can i build someone who's got lots of health and defense whereas this you're you know it's got the usual tiers of weaponry but the blue tier so what rare as opposed to uncommon and common uh in this immediately starts giving you stuff that like fundamentally changes how your powers work so it's not waiting for the one legendary you get every three hours of play uh, mm-hmm. it's like every new rare weapon you get, which is, you know, one in ten, can make a complete difference to how you play. Like, I now have some boots that completely change how one of my core powers functions. Like, usually it's, I can hold up a shield and it catches bullets and then I can throw them back. But with these boots on, that are just a thing I found in a box, that now just turns on a shield around me that does it automatically while I fight, but I get a penalty for the damage it does. And you're like, that's a huge difference. Like, that changes how I play. And the fact that it's doing that this quickly is really cool. Those boots are made for shielding, and, and that's just what they'll do. Oh, is that what you were trying to interrupt me constantly for? No, that no, was no, the joke no, you no. I, to make. I, I had a genuine point, and then that <laughs> stupid one overtook it in my mind. Oh, no. Um, but I was going to say, I have, I am one of the lucky ones among us to have found a legendary item. Yeah, right. I got a lucky drop last night. You'll get yours, but that's what we were talking You'll about. You'll get right. yours, son. You'll get yours, <laughs> don't worry. Like, all the guns are guns you'll typically see in games. You've got SMGs, shotguns, assault rifles, snipers. But then these legendary guns are just mad weapons. They're for, they are types of guns like LMGs or shotguns, but... They're just like made out of carcasses rather than metal. They look like an HR Geiger demon's penis, most of them. Like they're just horrible rib cages and yeah. flesh and glowing. 
pustules that's, and that's stuff. That's what mine is. I'm trying. I'm looking at it now. It is just. It looks like yeah, like half a amphibious dinosaur skeleton. It's called Grim Marrow, <laughs> and it. Uh, it, it makes it, black it holes. Me, it's got level two improved stiffening. Oh, so, there we go. Mother, may my, I? Uh, <laughs> my my character uh, Keith Keith, sorry Keith the trickster, is uh, enjoying that very much. Yeah. It also creates a singularity, which I haven't quite worked out what I'm doing with that yet. Isn't it that it, you can basically, when you shoot certain people, they get pulled out of cover and just float around? So, this is uh, what well, what it says here is killing shots create an anomaly singularity. When destroyed, the singularity explodes, dealing 458 damage to enemies within a 6.5 meter radius. I feel like we've just taken massive step backs in, steps back in selling this game to people. <laughs> nah, that sounds cool to me. And if you don't like the sound of that, then whoa, I mean, why are you? <laughs> yeah, what's the fucking point? Uh, but yeah, I think that's also, you can see, obviously you've said before, the Gears of War influence is heavy on this. Like It's a cover-based shooter kind of at its core but you don't have to play it like that at all it doesn't like want character, you to no like it gives you you know when you're in a fight because you'll see about 56 pieces of cover in an arena mm-hmm. but like my character is all about getting close and i gain health back when i kill people close up so i don't really play and use the cover or maybe i should because we are maybe dying slightly too often but nah. you know it's all about we are and that's the thing it's just fun yeah mm-hmm. we're on the highest difficulty that that demo offers i think which is like yeah it has what's called the world tier system, which is the longer you can go without dying, it will increase kind of like the the difficulty of the the game, and that will mm-hmm. provide like a higher chance to get legendaries and a higher chance to get that better loot. Um, and we are on the cap out of that, which is world tier five, I think, caps mm-hmm. out on the demo. But I think the entire game caps out at like level fifteen, so yeah. like yeah. it can get quite wild. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like the way that the game feels structured to me is a little bit out of Doom's playbook in that kind of like you'll go down a series of kind of interconnecting corridors, for lack of a better term. It's it's outside, so it's not like a, a spaceship corridor or anything. But then you'll get to what, like like you say, Cardi, you see all the cover and it's clearly an arena. And then that will be full of different types of enemies and kind of like you'll have snipers and and, and very, very tough kind of like spongy enemies and stuff like that. And yeah, it's kind of that finding a way to synergize the three of you and your three different abilities together to kind of micromanage to a degree, kind of like where the enemies are and sort of like knowing, predicting sort of like where where you need to put your priorities because quite often, like certainly for me, snipers are a problem because my character can't teleport like yours can, which means that you can get behind snipers and, and stab them in the back, whereas so I cannot do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I like that. You've it got, feels like you've it's... got fire coming out your hands. Yeah, yeah. I can I can burn things quite effectively. But yeah, it does feel like those arenas are designed to be played in kind of like a trio and sort of bring all your three different things. Don't know quite how well this might work as a solo experience. Mm. Yeah. I haven't tried it yet by myself, apart from the prologue, which you have to play by yourself. Mm. I imagine it is less fun, but I find that the same with all these games. Yeah. Like Every loot issue is more fun when you're playing with friends, I think. And this one is kind of the most refreshing I've played recently, just in terms of combat. I will say, couldn't care less about the story. It's a very, in my eyes, a very generic, yeah. go to a new, humans go to a new planet, destroy and, it sort of yeah, story. Yeah. <laughs> and it is built much more like... Uh, gears of war campaign than other games in this genre like destiny is a little bit more free-flowing than that it's kind of like 
in destiny there's planets with a bunch of activities on it and you sort of like bumble around them whereas this is closer to uh, a gears of war or a mass effect there's a very sort of linear path through well, the game i think it, it it looks like destiny and it, it's so i think people think it's a game of service but i think it's way easier to think about this like borderlands like yeah it's mm-hmm. a it is a campaign you're playing through with stuff to do along the way it just happens to be multiplayer yeah um and and yeah i i think they've said like we are not adding we're not doing game of service. We're not adding events. The game that comes out is the game you'll have until we make expansions for it. So, you know, if if you're tired of the, you know, I have to put in 60 hours just to get to a thing that they, you know, might add later, that's not going to happen. So no. that's quite that's quite I'm, refreshing I'm, as well. I'm very into it. And, I mean, it's coming, you, like I said, you can play the demo for free now. I think the demo's on everything, isn't it? You can play so. on... Apart from Stadia PC, and Switch, I believe. Apart from Stadium Switch, so apologies if those are your only uh, platforms. But uh, it's out on April the 1st, which is only a month away now, and I can actually see myself playing a lot of this game, whereas I didn't before. Um, mainly, And I think it might do quite well, because what else is there coming out between now and May, really? <laughs> so. I, think, I think it's... I'm not sure it's going to, like, destroy, the, destroy no. people's plans for the year by being so immersive, but... I do think it's a really nice surprise and it feels like pleasantly double A, like in a way that we don't really get so much of anymore. Like it looks nice enough. It's kind of well built enough. It's got some fun mechanical ideas. It feels like quite, quite Xbox 360 in that way. It's nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. And it's got just about enough silliness to not take itself too seriously well, that's I, the thing we were worried about last night the main campaign and... definitely takes itself too seriously uh mm-hmm. including the bit which we haven't mentioned where the boss oh, God, is referred yeah. to as a goddamn electro freak <laughs> without a without a tongue in the cheek but then the side missions tend to seem to be a bit sillier apart yeah. from the poor old man who gets shot immediately when you meet him <laughs> it's war it's These horrible happen in war have you, have you never been in war poor old mr chang um, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's good. It's fun. Yeah, I'm into it. I think we'll play it some more. Maybe yes. we'll talk about more of it when we've actually played the full game. Yes. Uh, another three-player co-op shooter game uh, was announced this week. Aliens Fire Team. Mm-hmm. On paper, sounds like the Aliens game that a lot of people want, and in theory should be good. But this was said about aliens, colonial, alien colonial marines, uh, the infamous case. I'm sure people will be familiar with. Um, I hope this is good because I love aliens. Like I, aliens, I do slightly prefer to alien, although I think they're both absolutely incredible. Mm. And the f- thought of just me and two friends going into like an alien den, like fire, flame throwing eggs. And then killing a queen alien sounds fun to me. I just I don't know. It's hard to not have your doubts because it feels like we've been burnt by alien games, apart from Isolation, which is obviously a good game, <laughs> um, and be just licensed games like this. I'm think like the one that sticks mainly in my head is Predator Hunting mm-hmm. Grounds, which mm-hmm. was just to me quite a poor version of what that could have been. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Do we have hope? I I definitely have hope. It's our so it's our IGN first for the month. So and I haven't yes. seen any of the stuff we've got for it, which is unusual because usually mm. I see quite a lot of it. And so I'm I am really excited to see what comes of this. 
I like that first trailer I don't think set the world on fire for people. I think there's some like quite shonky animations in there. But the idea to me is so is so right. Like making making a, a an alien left for dead essentially just yeah. seems like a good idea. Or an aliens left for dead, more to the point. Um and, you know, you can immediately think of like how all the weaponry you see in Aliens transfers to classes, and you can see how power-ups and different types of enemies would work. I like that there's synthetics in there as well to give you kind of, like, a more sort of, I guess, zombie enemy type mm-hmm. as well. Um, to kind it of vary up It would just be weird thing. if the only enemy you fought was Xenomorph, so it'd be like, oh, another Xenomorph, is it? Well, I think there's, <laughs> I think there's like 11 different types of Xenomorphs, including, like, mm-hmm. your baby swarm type stuff but also i wonder if they're gonna get into your alien resurrection like mad bullshit different types of aliens (laughs) um which in this context i'm totally fine with um and yeah i think like i i'd certainly have reservations because of you know what we've had before but i just think it's gotta be hard to ruin that concept doesn't it isn't it it just comes down to i mean in theory you know, going around a jungle, being hunted by the predator, or being the predator, shouldn't you know should work? But it just didn't for me. Like I think a lot of it comes down to the shooting and to just the variety on offer at launch. Because I think we looked briefly at what this studio has done before. It's a lot of MMO work. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really seem to have much shooter pedigree, mm-hmm. which is the one thing I think games like this for like if the shooting doesn't feel good then it doesn't make me want to play it to be fair and we don't know who they've brought in like they might have no exactly and stuff like exactly like but that's the, i think they've got to nail the shooting and they've just got to nail launching with enough stuff to mm. not make people bounce off after two hours and be like well i've done that one mission which is the same as the other three and that's all there is to it yeah mm. they must be pretty annoyed that back for blood suddenly turned up because <laughs> like you know, if if you'd launched this a year ago, we were like, it's a, it's basically Left for Dead with aliens. I think people would have lost it in a slightly more intense way than when there is basically Left for Dead three coming. Um, mm. But I'm 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 definitely intrigued. It's not like what this needs is a very sizable demo to show me exactly how it works. <laughs> yeah. That would be re- that would yeah. really work for me. Um, I think, yeah. like for me, it's. I, I don't even think that would do. I think it's just I'm not interested in this at all on a basis that I think any shooter immediately neuters what Alien to me is all about, which is an absolutely unrelenting impossible force. Like in, I know sort of like in Aliens, there's obviously a lot more action, but those Colonial Marines are always on the back foot and basically they fucking lose. Mm. And it's kind of like you can't have a game where you lose. Like it... Mm it just wouldn't be very satisfying what and about for me if you get all the way to the end and then right at the end of the mission you have to run back all the way you came how would that work oh, like so yeah for me it's just it's not i've got like this idea for a co-op alien game but it's very much almost closer to among us in the idea it's like a bunch of people playing co-op on the nostromo and literally just trying to get the nostromo like to dock and mm. to deliver while it's infected with an alien and it's kind of like becomes a, a cooperative survival horror, but kind of like the idea of just gunning down aliens that is not done as a survival horror just does not work for me at all. Especially when it's kind of like there are a hundred other properties you could go out yeah. there and use enemies that can be gunned down in their legion. 
Mm. You've given a good idea away for free there, Matt. Yeah, someone's someone go, that. someone go make it. I don't need any royalties. Isn't Ripley and Xenomorph are now in Fortnite as well, aren't they? No, <laughs> uh, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, you know, is that give you the unrelenting terror you're looking well, for? Well, it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. I mean, to, I don't like there are quite. I've seen a few people get very, very finicky about um, that being in. Uh-huh. I just sort of think it's quite funny seeing a xenomorph yeah. do some flossing or whatever they're I, doing. I, I don't want to see the xenomorph do a Dougie, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's it for me. That's the end I of the series. I find it quite funny, but I, I do find it quite funny. All the people are like, uh, you know, this is a game largely played. Like everyone plays yeah, yeah. these games, but a lot of what like ten to fifteen year olds play this game, they can't, you know, legally watch or Alien. They maybe shouldn't have watched <laughs> Alien or Aliens by that age, but you know, I had watched it by fifteen because I'm a hard. No, and I, you know, I'm trying to remember stop. how old I More was. Than I would have no. That's what people. That's what happened at school for you, is it? You went in, and people were like, "You watched Alien? What a hard nut! I better not beat him yeah. up." Yeah, look at him. He's he's seen Xenomorph. He survived Alien. He knows how to work a flamethrower. <laughs> It's probably more the day I walked into school with a flamethrower and everyone was like, okay, let's just stay away from it. Yeah, exactly. That's not being a hard nut, that's being a nutcase. That's a very different thing. You can be both. I love Uh, the word nutcase. Why is that? Why does that translate to maniac? A case full of nuts. Is it just your nuts? You're full of nuts? I don't know. Or is it your case as in like, they are a nutcase as in they... Oh, like a head case type, right? Yeah, okay. and your nuts. You know I mean? like, that's your nut, isn't it? See, I've always imagined yeah. just a pencil case full of conkers, <laughs> <laughs> which does sound weird, to be fair. Yeah. But uh, oh, yeah, when's the last time you played conkers? Uh, when I was a child. <laughs> we should get the conkers out when we meet up for the first time. <laughs> that's why I can't wait. This lockdown has deprived people from conquer battles yeah that's that's the big that's the big loss yeah. in the last year is conquers chestnut trees are out of control in the last year is this a very british thing conquers or is this yeah is absolutely it is yeah. okay a lot of confused uh international let's not explain conquers i want to alienate no. a fair no. chunk of our audience all i will say is if you're not soaking your conquers in vinegar what are you doing <laughs> Did you play a lot of Conkers? No, not a lot. I bet you min-max Conkers. <laughs> <laughs> I was known as the Conkers hard nut. <laughs> yeah. I'm the hard nut with the hard nut. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't... Uh, is it, what is a That wasn't even me trying to be sexy, Matt. I saw that is face it, of disgust. <laughs> is a Conker technically a seed? Or is it a nut? Well, what is it? <laughs> I mean, it's called a chestnut, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, is it a... You can eat it's it. It's a conker, can a you? nut. I've never thought to eat a conker. It's a chestnut. Like, like... I think it's both. A conker is a seed, yeah. but it's a hard brown nut. I've never thought of eating a conker. Uh, anyway. <laughs> You've never thought of eating a conker? They literally sell them on, like, London Bridge. They smell delicious. Oh, but, yeah, the way... Um, maybe... I. You know, soaked them in vinegar. I'm not going to eat those ones. I love the idea. Like, if you know nothing about conkers, imagine how fucking baffling the conversation we're having is. Like, it's gone from a game to selling nuts on London Bridge. (laughs) Uh, I I just want people to piece it together for themselves. Uh, 
Yeah, than without Googling, if you're not from here and have never heard of Conkers before, send us in an email explaining what you think the game of Conkers is. <laughs> you know it's it's got something to do with soaking in vinegar. You know it's yeah. got something to do with school children, and you know they're edible on London Bridge. <laughs> And good luck spelling conkers uh, if you've never heard of them. As well. oh, they also, God. when they come off the tree, they come down in like giant spike packages, don't yeah, they? Yeah, like green spikes. They, they used really... to call it a nutcase. <laughs> <laughs> there were, yeah, there was one that used to hang over the uh, my school playground in my high school, and fuckers used to pick those up and absolutely pelt people with them. Yeah, it's not oh, fun. See, I had a little prime patch of them because at the block of like flats my nan used to live at, uh, there was just a big tree there but it was over her it like it was in the park but the fence it meant that it leant over into her garden mm. which means there's a whole supply of them in there that other kids can get to that are in a private garden and i just i could pick all the best <laughs> so i i had like sainsbury's bags full of conkers ready to take home and find the best ones for vinegary <laughs> i love the idea of you filling an entire sainsbury's bag full of conkers like up to the brim with vinegar walking into into the playground going this is my conker and it's just a mega conker that you've created just swinging it around my head lighting it on fire we've talked about conkers more than we talked yeah. about aliens fire team <laughs> Well, I think that shows what we want is we want a three-player Conker co-op I think experience. you've brought up Conkers as a game before on the podcast. Have I? I think you have. I feel like you have. I don't remember it. Um, we talked about Conker's Bad Fur Day. I don't really care about Conker's Bad Fur Day. Fuck <laughs> off. I want Conker's Good Conker's Game. Um, okay, let's get a Conker's Game. We want to hear your pitches for Conker's Game, and if you don't know what Conker's are... Your pitches just, for what the fuck you know, conkers are. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com for all your conker feedback. Um, let's talk about a game that is out, which is the complete opposite of a terrifying co-op shooter experience. Mm-hmm. Maquette yeah. is a lovely free game on PS Plus right now, if you have that. It's also out on PC. Can uh, I be one of those irritating people who's like, it's not actually free because you pay a subscription for it? So... I said um, free if you have PS Plus. Yeah, I know. So, it's know, just you've so, always you got know, to say know. that so that people aren't like. Okay, it's how much is PS Plus a month? Is it probably pro- pro- probably loads. <laughs> I don't. Know, it's like it's, 40, it's forty or fifty quid a year, isn't it? Okay, well, this month you're getting that and Final Fantasy Seven Remake, so it kind of pays for itself in one go there. Uh, but um, let's talk about my kex. We talked about Final Fantasy a low before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished it last night. I will say it's a surprisingly short game. I did it in just under two hours, mm-hmm. which I wasn't expecting a long game, but maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, it's from Annapurna, who have a good long track record now of doing some of my favourite indie games. I know a lot of people's favourite just games in general for the last few years. Mm. It's kind of got that... So it's a recursive puzzle game, which, you know... So MC Escher so kind of... Deal. E- Escherish, yes. Escherish? Is that a. <laughs> Escherish. But it's all about, yeah, manipulating perspective and size. It's, it's something that's hard to explain, but when you see it, you'll know exactly what's going on. So imagine, imagine you're inside your house now, <laughs> but okay. inside your house is a model of your house. And if you pick up that model of your house, you're also picking up the house you're in. What? Do you get that? 
and also outside your house is a bigger version of your house oh, than yeah, your yeah, house yeah, is yeah, in. Right. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of worlds within themselves that also when you move something in your world it's moving the same object in the smaller and larger version of that world yes. presumably so then lot- there is a, a static section because if you're just constantly moving then you're not moving at all are you well you can't exactly well you can't you can only move smaller objects at least at the right. beginning you can i'll say that um you can't move whole buildings that you're in for example but um that's it's a lot of puzzles based on that idea of perspective and size and manipulating so like one of the very earliest puzzles you'll do is you'll find a little tiny model of a bridge and there's a gap in the real world in your full-size world that you can't jump across so you have to go to the model version of the world you're in put that tiny bridge in the gap that you can't jump across and then in the real world that bridge will have appeared that you can then walk across do you get to see a tiny person in the model world you don't see you no that's bullshit (laughs) <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of puzzles on that idea. And like I said, it's just under two hours. And it kind of develops those ideas a little bit, but never... Like I I really enjoyed this game, but I didn't... I've been looking forward to it for like a year now, and it never quite hit the mark that I thought it would. Like I'd give it like a seven or eight around there. It's still very good. And especially if you're getting it for free, I'd recommend playing it. But um, yeah, it just never develops those ideas more than that enough for me. And it kind of rushes its end it comes to a conclusion very quickly it's a story ultimately about a relationship and it stars um bryce dallas howard and seth gable her and they're a real life uh, husband and wife which is nice mm-hmm. uh, so it's got them narrating it i will say you know two professional actors have been in films and tv they're okay i was going to say <laughs> they could do better <laughs> no i know i definitely couldn't do better but they're all right they I don't know if it was like a work from home scenario, but it all, it all fit, sounds a little bit like they couldn't properly get into it or something. It, it sounds a slightly off to me, but it's still it's the story of their relationship, and obviously it won't tell you what happens because what's the point in that? But it's kind of uses similar storytelling techniques to what remains of Edith Finch. There's like little bits of narration and then there's little bits of environmental storytelling and like little bits where writing just appears on walls and tells you the story from someone's journal basically Mm -hmm. but again it's just it never quite hits that mark of edith finch and i know that's a very high mark to hit because not many games have ever done that i think but yeah it's just kind of it's one of those that's i really enjoy but slightly frustrated me it never quite hit becoming a great puzzle game or a great story what i will say is it's absolutely beautiful and some of the later areas you go to are just like being almost drawn around you in a way Mm. and some of those effects are really really stunning uh but yeah lovely soundtrack as well a lot of nice little acoustic-y songs if you're into that so it's quite it's, it's a nice little twee two hour game that largely its puzzles are kind of straightforward there's a couple that have me thinking i'll say that but yeah and it has the playstation help if you're using that which is very handy if you get oh, stuck I've still never seen a game that uses it well demon souls has got it but it's very rare i see anybody picking those up probably because there aren't that many playstation 5 games yet but there is that no there's that i think control does it very well right. i haven't played control on ps5 yet but i've heard it does it very well uh but yeah, a couple of times i use maquettes and it, it's very good at giving you very slight hints without saying here's the solution <laughs> which right. would just be annoying that's cool but yeah i'm gonna uh, play it tonight 
you know, I think you'll have a lovely time. Thank uh, you. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good game, and I'd recommend it to people. Uh, do you know what's a good game? And wait, wait, people wait, wait, seem wait, wait. To... Whoa, 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 whoa. Do we not want to explain to people that we're going to talk about one division at the very end? I completely forgot about that. Yeah, let's do that. Probably should have said that at the start. <laughs> yeah. Well, right after feedback, we're going to do a fully spoilery section on one division about the whole season. In particular, the finale, which is out today, if you're listening on to this on Friday. Uh, we'll give our opinions on it. Rec- we're recording this part before we've seen it, so who knows? Could be awful. I, I bet, imagine it won't be. I bet Professor X turns up in a big helicopter. <laughs> and says, I've got my conkers. <laughs> I'm British, my so head. I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's Professor X with a big... Oh, no, I was going to give away what conkers was. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Gotta leave that Who's as a got mystery. Some vinegar. <laughs> Who's got some vinegar for Daddy X? <laughs> oh god. Uh yeah, anyway, after feedback right at the end we'll do a spoiler section, so if you want to listen to that, listen to that. But for now, the end of search. Inside is a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold at the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Matt. Hello. Everyone enjoyed the game we did last week from, uh, is it D Dubs? I think oh, so, yeah. D Dubs, yeah. Yeah, it was D Dubs. Uh, so, uh, we're bringing it back this week, but this time. You've got some actors and actresses for us. Yeah. What did we call it again? Oh. You gave it a name. I did give it one. Was it like... I don't know. We've got to have a name. Because people thought top, it was good. Uh, I've forgotten. Why have you asked me this on the spot? I want to know. Is it like top fours, IMDB, known... F- what are they known for? I don't know. What are they known for? <laughs> <laughs> We're not bringing that back. Um... <laughs> What they known but, for. I like it. What they known for. Yeah. What they do. Fine. <laughs> How the other half live. Uh, do, do you want to explain the rules? What? Yeah, go on then. So I've got 10 actors here. Um, and basically you need to choose a number between 1 and 10. And then I'll give you the, the actor. And you've got to tell me what are the four films that they are known for on IMDb. They... I do not know how these are chosen. Like, could be <laughs> fucking random for as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but the nice thing is, is you lot at home can now crack open IMDb and play along. Ooh. Yeah, you can either play as the Quizmaster or the player, yeah. isn't it? A mm, unique exactly. format like that. Uh, should we get going, then? Yeah, yeah. Let's, so, uh, let's start with Joe. Joe. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> John Travolta. Oh. Ooh. What's that one where he's bald? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say... Why is that the first one? Um, Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Um, Pulp Fiction. Yes. Grease. Yes. Oh, those, are the f- those are the three, aren't they? We've, we've <laughs> never had a quad, have we? We've no. Never. We've had a, we had one three last time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight out of the gate with a three... I think I'd go for a fourth on this. Yeah. 
honestly, I'm thinking about the one where he's bald, but I can't even remember the name <laughs> of it. Uh, uh, fuck it, Gotti. <laughs> nah, nah. Okay. The, the fourth one would have been Get Shorty. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. I, I would have said hairspray. What's I don't the, know why. What's the bald one? He I know plays like you... a Russian baldman. Yeah, <laughs> a baldman. <laughs> He's. Uh... Oh, I'm gonna look it up. Travolta bald. Film. Is it Assault on Precinct 1940. <laughs> From Paris with love. From Paris with love, of course. <laughs> why would? He looks mad at that. He does look mad. <laughs> he's very tanned as well. Um, Tan anyway. Boltman. He's my. He, he, I hope he's the next actor. Tan Boltman. Cardi. <laughs> Three points. I'm would you go. like to choose a number that Ooh, is not nine? I'm going to go with number one. Number one. That would be Christian Bale. Wow, there's a lot of films there. Mm, isn't there? Is number one. <laughs> okay. The Dark Knight. Yep. <sighs> Sounds like you had a delicious drink. Is <laughs> <laughs> it some of that ruby breakfast going down? Oh, please. From my experience of last time, uh, it's a weird mixture of popular films and like ones they won award uh-huh, for. Uh-huh. So, I'm trying to think what of a big... Is there another Batman one is the question. Oh. Do you know what? I'm see. I'm going to go Vice because he won the Oscar for it. It's not Vice. Damn no it! Vice. Oh. I forgot he won an Oscar for that. Uh, I think he did anyway. I don't think I'm making that up. Do you know what? This is an outside bet. Okay. American Hustle. Yes, it is American Hustle. You always get noticed <laughs> for having weird hair. <laughs> I'm going to carry on the David O. Russell train. The Fighter. No, The Fighter. There we go. Two. Two. I'll take two most days. Go on, then. Was Batman Begins there? It was, yeah. Batman Begins was there. And the other one was American Psycho. Of course, yeah. yeah. Good shout. Joe. I should have gone Batman Begins. Uh, That was number one, wasn't it? Number seven. Number seven. Lucky number seven. It better be Hartnett. (laughs) Is I quite like that film. It's all right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Well, well, are you going with lucky number seven? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm going to go for Shawshank Redemption. No. Fuck you. <laughs> not lucky nor Slevin. Seven. Seven is there. <laughs> um... I'm gonna go. What a stupid name for a film! Number. Lucky number, number seven. Eleven. What else? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Bruce Almighty. No, no Bruce oh. Almighty. That was a weirdly influential Freeman performance. <laughs> um, Driving Miss Daisy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I would have got March of the Penguins. Is that there? It's not, no. Oh. I almost went for uh, for reasons... I don't know why, but when I think of Morgan Freeman, I think of Along Came a Spider. <laughs> the nuclear war film. Have you, is that all your guesses, Joe? Or I thought you, that was yeah, all. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. yeah. So you, you could have had Invictus. 
and you oh. could have had oh. million dollar baby. I would not uh, ever have thought of Invictus. No, Invictus is a film I think a lot of people have forgotten about. Mm. Right. It's five to Joe, two to Cardi. What do you I've want, just, Cardi? Sorry, I just want to point out, just before we get any things about it, Along Came a Spider isn't about nuclear war. That's a different film. <laughs> it's about... It's a psychological thriller. What's I the one where he's anything. a nuclear war film? Anyway, carry on. Uh, Play the game. Uh, I'll go with five. Number five is Chris Evans. I'm assuming not the TGIF presenter. Uh, no, no, not, <laughs> not. You never know who you, Matt. You, you trickster. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Chris Evans, the Hollywood uh, hunk. <laughs> See, there's so many Marvel ones, and one of them's got to be there at least one. But which, which one? That's the question, isn't it? I'm just gonna go Captain America: The First Avenger. Is there? It's one point. Now, which other ones? <laughs> Captain America Civil War? Is there one point? Oh. Are they all going to be? <laughs> I'm going to go a more recent one. I'm going to go Knives Out. Is not there. Oh. Matt's got the got the presenting shoes on now. I like it. Do I go with... It seems boring to go Marvel again, but what other big ones are there? Chris Evans. Mm, he's only a small role. Chris. Come on, Chris. I've got a guess. I'm ready. Do I go Marvel again? I'm not going to. I'm going to go Scott Pilgrim versus the world. He's not there. Is, it, uh, is Snowpiercer on there? It's not. <laughs> they are. Three Captain America films and the Avengers. Uh, <laughs> oh, poor Chris God. Evans. That must be annoying. That <laughs> uh, puts Cardi on four, Joe on five. Joe, choose uh, me a number. The film was the sum of all fears. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that's a, is that a Clancy one? It is a Clancy one. Yeah. Uh, I think I had the video game of that, and it was just a bad reskin of uh, of a early Rainbow Six game. There was a video game of the sum of all fears? <laughs> On PlayStation 2, I believe. I think I bought it from HMV in like a two for 15 quid. Oh, when we get back in the studio, can we do playthroughs of really old, bad, licensed games? Oh, can we play Apocalypse with Bruce Willis? <laughs> Yes. It's not yes, a licensed can. game, it's just got Bruce Willis in it. <laughs> the Sum of All Fears is about a plot by an Austrian neo-Nazi who wants to establish a fascist superstate in Europe. Just so you know. Um, right, number ten. Number ten? That's Zoe Saldana. Oh. This... This is a hard one, and I'm not happy about it at all. <laughs> uh, oh, there's a few franchises over there. Yeah. Oh, which ones though? Don't be the wrong one. I'm going. Well, hmm. Avatar. Yep, that okay. is there. Guardians of the Galaxy One. Yes, that is there. All right. Avengers Infinity Ooh. War. No, it's not there. Oh no, she's more in the second one. <laughs> ah, she's in both. Yeah, but she? she's more integral. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Endgame then as well, just in case. Uh, no, it's not there. Oh, I would have gone okay. Star Trek. Yep, oh, Star fuck. Trek. I forgot Star- about Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek is there, and the other one was uh, Guardians Volume Two. Yeah. That is oh well. Another two Still. points to Joe, bringing him to Two's. seven. Tony Saldana has been big in nerd culture. Yeah, mm. she's been huge films. Is it Colombiana as well? She did. Is that? Uh, yeah, I think so. What's yeah. Colombiana? <laughs> like a act, mid like two thousands action flick, action film. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah. it's not on the list of. But then, but then I'm the guy that got along came a spider and the sum of all fears mixed up so I what do I know you can turn your nose up at Colombiana but she did win the Teen Choice Award for Best Movie Actress Action Adventure for it so. fair play fair play <laughs> return to the sum of all fears because I got it open in a, in a Google on the side just to figure out where the game was it was released on Microsoft Windows PlayStation 2 GameCube and had another version for Game Boy Advance what a Jeez. world. <laughs> um, and literally does have Morgan Freeman and uh, an Affleck on the cover. <laughs> on the cover is different to in yeah. the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what numbers have we got left? Cardi, you can choose from two, three, four, six, eight. I'll go with four. Go with four. That would be Sigourney Weaver. Oh, okay. good one. Alien is there. Aliens is not there. Come on now. <laughs> That's not a film. I'm not saying come on now. Is <laughs> starring Sigourney Weaver. Um, Ghostbusters is not there. What? Oh, come on. <laughs> Stop giggling. Stop. <laughs> Avatar is there. That is an okay. insult to the career of Sigourney. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other two? The two you were missing were Alien Resurrection. Oh, fuck <laughs> off! <laughs> and Galaxy Quest. Jesus Christ. That brings you to six is, points. Is fun. Yeah, that but, brings uh, you to six points, Cardi. Just tailing behind Joe by one. Joe. Yes. You can either have two, three, six, or eight. Six. Number six is Anna Kendrick. Okay. Which is the one she's in? (laughs) (laughs) Pitch Perfect. Yes. Uh, Up in the Air. Yes. I really like that film. Up in the Air is genuinely a phenomenal film. I love it. Uh... People to talk more about up in the air. <laughs> that was in that Oscar year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, my last year at uni, Oscar I think. <sighs> Anna Kendrick has been in movies. I'm going to say Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, no. People Sorry. love Pitch Perfect. I don't get it. I lo- um, I, Pitch Perfect is one of those films that I stick on when I'm feeling a bit sad. I'm like, going to rave out <laughs> to some pop. Fair play. Just going to say Scott Pilgrim, even though I know it's wrong. No, no. The two you're missing would be Pitch Perfect 3. Oh, fuck it, I didn't even know it was there. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And sorry, what was the other one? And Into the Woods. Oh, I forgot about that film. There we go. Another two to Joe. Okay, bringing him to nine. I need a three. 
That's what I've got. I've got two, three, eight. Two, three, and eight, yeah. I'm going to go with number eight. Number eight. Oh, my fucking number. Charlie's <laughs> Thron. Okay. Mad Max Fury Road. Yep, that's there. Hmm. <laughs> Monster. Yep, it's yeah. there. What other massive films has she been in? She's a weird one. She's very, very famous. But when you try and think of Charlize Theron films, mm -hmm. you struggle a little bit. Well, I do anyway. <laughs> So I'm shit. The thing that I'm shit at quizzes is like I know quite a lot about like film, for example. But put me on the spot, and I I I find it very difficult to like find it in the library of my oh, brain. Mm. Atomic Blonde. No, that was Sorry. my next guess as well. <laughs> Just uh, I know people saw it. Uh, all right, one more shot, please. Oh. Um. I'm really struggling to think of one. Uh, oh. Come This is annoying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I literally can't think of another Charlize Theron film. You're gonna blank it? You're gonna give up? Uh, I'm gonna make up a film. Okay. Yep. <laughs> called. Uh, <laughs> Can you not even make up a film? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Uh, city life. <laughs> Funnily enough, Cardi, no city uh, life. Uh, what? I don't have a complete blank there. I okay. spent most of that trying to think of the name of Aeon Flux, and I, for a <laughs> while, all I could think of was After Eight. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other ones? Uh, the other two are Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, uh, yeah. Gosh. My dad's an extra in that film. He's oh, really? A dead, he's a dead soldier. <laughs> Beautiful. Yep. Uh, and Tully. Oh, what the fuck is Tully? No one Tully, saw that. Tully is... came out like two years ago. Oh, I'm is that a Diablo it... Cody number? Oh, no, yeah, Diablo. Think... Yeah. It's is either a Diablo yeah, Cody yeah. one or a Reitman one. Or it, both. It's both. It's Reitman both? Cody. Yeah. Uh, I watched okay. it on a plane. It's, it's all right. I said you. Yeah. Well, there we go. I'm happy with two, though. I'll two. The two Two's Cardi. Bringing him to eight behind behind Joe's one nine. Behind. Joe. One left each. Three. Number three is the genius Nicolas Cage. I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I didn't know who the genius was. I was like, is, this, is it a rapper? Um, Nicolas Cage. This is, oh, is going to be hard, isn't it? Uh, Conair. No. Fuck. <laughs> IMDB. Um, Mandy? No. Yeah, oh. thought that might be two. A hard one with them, isn't it? Mm. A, a plethora of options from across yeah. the ages. I know, there's a lot of ages. Raising Arizona. No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought that one would have been. Why can I only think of Lord of War? I'm not saying Lord of War. <laughs> the film in which Jared Leto dies by having a whole globe of cocaine. Um, uh, Ghost Rider? 
No. Fuck. Oh, no, it's a blank bottom out. It. I dropped it. The ball at the end on a cage oh. number. Oh, the only ones I would have gone for is National Treasure. No, not there what? either. Is the vampire one on there? No. What's you it been in? <laughs> Before Face what? Off. What he's most known Face Off, yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. The Rock. <laughs> oh, it's all those ones. And next. 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 <laughs> next. 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 Oh, I can't Joe. believe when number it, three let me I down. I don't think I'd be in this position. Yeah, Cardi, we've just one one left to go, and you only need I'll to take, it. take one point. This would be... To, isn't it a point to draw? So it's a point to draw, two points two to, to overtake. Oh. Elizabeth Moss. That is a harder okay. one than I thought. <laughs> but like, Actually, Can I confirm is this it? is just films? I... I believe just, I that I just, said okay, to you, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the risk. Yeah. that Mad Men is there. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Peggy got shafted. Unbelievable. That is mad. But I still think the Handmaid's Tale might be there. It is indeed. Oh, he's drawn. Two more Elizabeth Moss. Okay. Films that Elizabeth Moth is Elizabeth Moss is in. Invisible Man. It is. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of one more. Was she in Us? And it's there. (laughs) Yes. There we go. Where are you seeing this? I was just playing along, and I've got a different four. (laughs) Well. Is it based on Contra- like your history then? That is interesting. I don't think it is. Is it in the in the look. opening paragraph? No, there's like oh. a set of four images that are like probably yeah, two no, sections I've down. Got... I've oh, got... oh yeah. it's because in the opening paragraph of it, it says she is best known for, and then lists four things, but they are four different things. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, That's I have weird. those. And then the one I love, I forgot that was a thing. Yeah. There we go. That brings. I'll take it though. Cardi to 11 points. Furious. Well played, Nicholas. I mean, bloody Nicholas Cage. Cage. Did you in? He did. Once again, your enemy. Yeah, uh, me, and, me and Cage go way back. <laughs> he should uh, settle over Conkers. Conkers with Nicholas Cage. Now, that's a, that's a video that would do millions. I was, uh, it would either watching... do millions or very little, indeed. <laughs> I was watching the other day because um, I was uh, I was doing a junket for an upcoming episode of IGN comments. So I was looking back at some. Do you remember when we did comments with um, Michael Sheen and he was talking about Nicolas Cage's glass house? Yes, I do remember <laughs> that. I was in the room for that. It was Very amazing. <laughs> what a lunatic! Very odd. Yeah, I'd like to meet Nicolas Cage. I imagine it's a dangerous experience, but one I'd like to experience. I think he'd uh, be perfectly lovely in person, but if you went out for a drink you'd end up having a night that resembled a Nicolas yeah. Cage. You'd movie. end up doing a Jared Leto and having a globe full of cocaine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, or being offered it. I'm not saying I'd accept the globe full of cocaine. You would, um, dirty little Should rider. we do some feedback before yes. moving on to One Division? Yes. Uh, this uh, is from Ivan in St. Petersburg. and that's. I'd love to go to St. Petersburg. That's a place that I didn't think people would be listening to us from, so this is cool. Ivan says, hello, gentlemen. At last, I have a reason to write, because I came up with some questions to ask you. 
I've thought about writing before when you had been discussing weird things that grandmas eat, but then decided <laughs> against it. Mainly because the thing that my gra- ma- that made my grandma eat. Wait, sorry. Mainly because the thing was that my grandma ate white bread with sour cream and sugar and called it cake. <laughs> it was probably because she'd lived in the USSR for more than 60 years. We definitely could have afforded cake when she was doing it. Also, I think that her bread cake was probably pretty tasty. It does sound oh, quite good. White bread with sour cream and sugar. I bet that's great. Uh, I, that sounds disgusting. Well, I say this as someone with a Latvian grandfather, so this is uh, maybe that just runs in the Eastern European side. I don't, want, I don't side. want to have anyone's grandma's bread cake. There's a lot. I don't, of, I don't want it. A lot of sour cream in my family's recipes. It's great. I don't like sour cream. That's oh, probably what's turning mama. me off of this. Before the questions, says Ivan, I would like to thank you for the regular entertainment during these hard times, and also thank all the people that create games for the Endless Search, which is a really good point. Last week, because they're much better at it than us, last week my girlfriend and I played our version of the IMDB game where you need to guess what films actors are famous for, and it was very fun. Uh, We call it what they do now? (laughs) I can't remember what we (laughs) called it. What they they known for. (laughs) What they known for. Um, Now to the questions. Number one. Do any of you consider the length of a video game before starting it? I always check the sites like howlongtobeat.com. Now? Oh, wait, no, I'm done. done Before playing something and some... (laughs) Before playing something. And sometimes when I see that, uh, even that... Sorry. And sometimes when I see that even the main story takes more than 30 hours to finish, it kind of scares me away from the game. I just know that I can't only play one game for a couple of months every time I have some spare time. Strangely, that doesn't stop me from averaging about 300 hours a year on Football Manager. Uh, I don't generally check the length of a video game before starting it, unless it's one of those ones where I'm going back to it, like a really old. Yeah, thing. I know what you mean. I kind of do that, but yeah, I do the same thing. I think Ivan does, which is uh, like I'll look at a game and be like, "Oh god, fifty hours. That seems a long." And then instead, just play fifty hours of FIFA or Call of Duty instead. I'm like, mm. "Well, I could have experienced something new there, couldn't I?" But yep. I didn't. <laughs> I've played so much FIFA recently, and it feels like I'm just avoiding responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> I think because we play quite a lot of games as they come out on release, obviously how long to beat isn't helpful at that point because there's mm. not the database. Mm-hmm. But certainly, like, I think, like, you, Joe, kind of like, if I'm thinking, oh, you know what, I might go back and replay something and then I'll, I'll have a look at how long it's going to be because I sort of judge it. Do I have time to play, like, this 30 hour game before something new is coming out that I know I'm going to have to drop it for? Um, and also kind of like if I've got like four things in mind I'm like these are four things I wouldn't mind replaying I will choose probably the one that's shortest yeah I'm kind of doing that with God of War at the moment because I'm replaying it and I know that story off by heart so I'm just kind of I don't feel I know it's like 25 hours today like roughly and I'm just kind of chipping away it because I don't need I could not play that game for two weeks and know exactly where the story is where I left it off so I think it's easier when you're replaying to do that but yeah yeah I know what you mean just to explain my weird uh, stop during that to the listeners, because I've now checked. Uh, it's because recently Ziff Davis, our parent company, bought How Long To Beat, and I was just going to say that. Uh, and then I realised that maybe that hadn't been announced yet, and I was really worried that I was about to give away corporate secrets. Yeah, yeah, we weren't laughing at you at all, Ivan. We were laughing at Joe. Yeah, Joe and his near blunder. Well, it was only a theoretical blunder, and it wouldn't have been one of the best. Exactly. 
Number two from Ivan. Do any of you watch British panel comedy shows regularly? And if yes, then which and how many shows a week? (laughs) Sounds like we're being interrogated. It seems to me that British television produces an overwhelming amount of such shows. I agree. Sometimes it feels feels like they must occupy 80% of the airtime. I myself watch Taskmaster and The Big Fat Quiz and feel a little jealous that television in Russia can't create such good shows. I do agree. There's too many of those shows, and it's the same rotating cast about twelve people on all of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, uh, yeah. There's only there, there are only fifteen UK comedians. I, I don't I don't really watch a lot of them because I find most of the people on them a little irritating. <laughs> but I will say, like, would I lie to you is probably one of the more yeah. consistent ones. Would, uh, would I lie to you? I don't. Quite fun. I don't watch any regularly other than Taskmaster, which I am obsessed mm-hmm. with, as, as I've brought up before. Um, what I like to you is always good for a clip, especially Bob Mortimer. Yeah. Um, and back in the day, Shooting Stars was the one for me, but that was kind of a send-up of panel yeah. shows to a certain extent. Exactly. Um, uh, do you know what? Eight out of ten cats do countdown can be all right. It depends mm. how you get along with Jimmy Carr. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I don't really watch a lot of them. But we, I do agree, we make an overwhelming amount of them. It is nuts. It's because they're cheap and easy. Well, especially <laughs> considering like other countries just don't make them like they're not a thing in america for instance and it's like Mm. it is a very peculiarly british format like bunch of comedians pretending to play a quiz but no one actually gives a shit about the result it's It's just an odd thing maybe we just have like lazy people who make tv shows just like stick a bunch of comedians in a room and they'll make something funny and we can put it together done (laughs) but yeah there's a couple of suggestions there matt you got any faves I, I'm a bit like Cardi. Like, you know what? I'm probably one of the reasons why I'm not very funny is probably because I don't watch that much comedy. Like, I have. <laughs> I tend to find my I end up watching quite a lot of very serious dramas. But God, you know how to make people cry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ivan. Uh, have you got. Yeah, thank you. It's lovely to hear from Russia. I'd love to go to Russia one day. I don't know about you boys. Uh, I'd, yeah, I would. I think it would be very interesting. Mm. There we go. Right. Uh, Matt. Yeah, got one in from, from Dan, who says, no surname, so hi Dan, whichever Dan it is. I'm sure you will know it's you by the fact that I believe, Carly, this was probably the uh, subject line of the yeah. email. Mm. Was it Grandma who made us eat it? <laughs> Are you sure this isn't an endless search game? (laughs) (laughs) That would be a good endless search game. (laughs) Uh, Hey all, Dan from Boston here. Love the podcast. I am not one to write in to things. I am not one to write in to things often, but listening to all the weird food combos and the things that grandmas feed their grandkids, I figured I would add my story whether you want it or not. We want it. Yeah. Now, to preface, I didn't learn this from my grandma, but I believe it originates with her as the culprit. As a young child, should, a meal should never have a culprit. Should it? <laughs> a grandma should never be a culprit. As a young child, my room was right above the kitchen, and we had a vent leading down to it. My dad wasn't that great of a cook, but was decent with breakfast. My Sunday, many Sunday mornings, I would be woken by the loud grind of a blender and smells of bacon wafting up through the vent. One food I loved. Did you as live a child. in the vent? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because like, you say that there's a vent above the kitchen and there was a vent 
above the kitchen, but you don't say the vent went into your bedroom. <laughs> so is your bedroom the vent? Is he, is he living in like a dumb waiter? <laughs> Yeah. Is Dan a little vent dweller and his grandma hid him up there for the bacon <laughs> smells? <laughs> Let's find out. One food I loved as a child was French toast. My dad taught me to take your French toast and slather it in mayonnaise before dunking it in sugary syrup. <laughs> no. He points oh, no, out that this is you. not maple syrup. It's oh, is it that fake syrup. maple yeah. syrup? Sugary syrup, yeah. Mm. It was quite mm. good, and we only did this with homemade French toast. Now, mm. I went my whole life until high school thinking that this was the norm. I guess it never came up. It wasn't until I was with my ex-girlfriend's family on vacation and asked for mayonnaise at breakfast one day and got blank stares back. <laughs> they pulled it out of the fridge, and as I slabbed it on the French toast that my girlfriend's aunt had just made, the room erupted into outbursts. Outbursts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pointing, going, heathen. heathen. I'm imagining people, like, wailing, like, biblically. <laughs> just like, ah! <laughs> Setting themselves on fire. <laughs> They found this to be revolting, and later my ex would find every opportunity to tell new people about this disgusting food combo. Wow. Apparently, no one I know, no, no one I knew outside my family did this. So we did a little digging, and after a visit from my uncle from across the country, I found it led back to none other than Grandma. Grandma in the vents oh, with the mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's normal and great. So I wasn't sure about writing in, but I figured, why not? So thank you for the great podcast, and would you kindly please respect the sea? Best, Dan. I will. Uh, I mean, Dan, that does sound disgusting, but you do you. I mean, you know, if you enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, so I know some people are grossed out by mayonnaise on, like, cheese on toast or, like, a grilled cheese or whatever. Well, that's how you get the bread nice and crisp. Well, that's that. what, so I really like that, um, and I know some people hate it. But I've never heard about it as like a sweet, savoury, like salted yeah. caramel situation. So, so when this started explaining, I thought what this might have been was pre-cooked and it was an yes. odd way of making French, because obviously French toast is, is basically bathed in eggs, right? That's yeah. how you kind of make yeah. it. So I thought it was like, is he like reducing down the mayonnaise to kind of infuse mm. it with egg? But mm. no, I don't need sweet mayonnaise. I mean, is it kind of a, a riff on a deconstructed meringue? <laughs> is it a riff on a deconstructed meringue? Ask your grandma, Dan. Get back to us. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the things, the things we learn, uh, and the things we wish we hadn't. Um, I've got one piece of feedback here from Michael Gulliver who says, "Ahoy, all." Hello. Little uh, sea-based welcome. Uh, li- listened for years and have always wanted to write him, but never had a good enough reason. I haven't nearly drowned, nor am I a culinary renegade. I love that we've reduced our podcasts (laughs) nearly, what is it, 600 episode history to drowning and bad food. (laughs) Yeah. You can, just remind you, you can write in if if you're not either of those. We're not going to fucking read it, though. So, (laughs) well, we are now. (laughs) But no, because we've got another topic that Mark has to write in about so a discontinued drink that nobody has ever acknowledged exists is a good enough reason that any this is Here a great go. thing discontinued abs- drinks is a rich vein <laughs> so I had a little search sorry just to break away from Michael for a second I had a little search for the ruby breakfast juice I think it may still be available maybe just not as widely as it once was what boutique breakfast 
Anyway, I don't know, maybe carry I'm on. wrong. Um, yeah, so it's Mark says it's absolutely. Uh, it's in Sainsbury's, yeah. but out of stock. Well, so, it might yeah, come back in stock if it's still listed. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Michael says, as a kid, I absolutely loved the tropical flavour milkshakes from McDonald's. I don't remember that at all. No. Uh, they were luminous yellow, so you knew they were good for you. <laughs> uh, however, nobody seems to remember them, so I could very well be making this up. I don't remember this I at mean, all. I mean, I'm going to Google tropical yeah. milkshake McDonald's. Yellow, I mean, I don't like like a citrusy, milky sort of thing, like... That, you don't make a citrus ice cream, make a citrus sorbet. Come on. Oh. <laughs> the Tropical Double Tastes Milkshake, which was vanilla milkshake with mango and passion fruit syrup, was on the menu during the summer of 2011. It came off menu around September 2011. Wow, it is like a remember. one to two month phenomenon. <laughs> I do remember they did like a chocolate caramel milkshake for a while and it was incredible. I mean, to be oh, honest, yeah. that sounds really good. Vanilla and mm. mango. Well, whatever the hell those things were. Yeah. Vanilla and things. They sound good. <laughs> Mark says, while we're at it, the McChief burger when Disney's Pocahontas came out was a banger too. Although that name sounds problematic. <laughs> McChief. We're all doing some Googling. Yeah. What, what was the McChief what, what, what was on the McChief burger? It was the promotion of 1995, apparently. Mm, what was on that? I'm trying oh, to find look. out. I'm trying to get, like... I have no idea. Oh, it looks that would... fucking grim. <laughs> I've only got a pic. Have you just got the yeah. picture of it, Joe? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say what's on it. It looks like oh. it, it looks like knobbly meat. Cheese. It's a bit like a McRib, doesn't it? I think it's maybe burger. salsa and then like a <laughs> maybe a like a herby or chivey mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good. But it is oh, also one maybe. of those pictures from the 90s where it looks like the 90s was about 300,000 <laughs> years ago. So, you know, maybe it's just... Uh, maybe it's yeah, fun. I'm not sure about the McChief Burger, but... Hmm. I have uh, just anyway. noticed that in conjunction with the Hunchback of Notre Dame, they made a McChicken <laughs> Cordon Bleu. Probably going to be like a Quasimodo or something. It's just like rad. one half of it is like taller than the other and the chicken know. sandwich with ham hum- garlic cheese lettuce tomato and smoky bacon flavored sauce that sounds wicked bring back the chicken cordon bleu <laughs> i want that it. campaign are we are we now leaning into favorite uh, mcdonald's happy meal promotions and burgers uh there was a burger king one where you got like a little um like a little sort of x not x files men in black test where you had to put your oh. thumbprint on it and it would leave your thumbprint on it in heat mark and it was great anyway there we go uh mark also has a quick question uh will wandavision bring back the old style of releasing episodes weekly rather than the next netflix model of gorge on this you little piggies season dump <laughs> approach but i believe that's I the really technical enjoy- term <laughs> that is what they use i've really enjoyed watching and debating the episodes with friends and family week to week what are your thoughts uh i kind of see both sides i I so a good example of this moment is I'm watching Lost for the first time, mm. uh, and I love having every episode available because there are so many, so I can just do like three in a row if I want. But I do imagine like I'm liking it, but I'm not loving loving it. Like I imagine at the time going week to week, being like, "What the hell is going on?" would have been the optimal way of watching Lost. What I'm but, really enjoying is having both. Like I'm watching mm-hmm. One Division and Snowpiercer week to week. But I'm 
in between that we're fitting in loads of other stuff like watching documentary series or like i'm really excited about that age of the samurai thing because i'm a fucking nerd um you know and like all the kind of true crime documentaries um we watched that vanishing at the cecil hotel which wasn't great but like i like i like those netflix things where it's sometimes it's just dropping a bunch of stuff i was really i was really enjoying star trek discovery that way as well before i stopped caring about star trek discovery um like so i think i think the mixture i don't think it's going to bring it back but i think people are more willing to kind of mm-hmm. take that stuff particularly on the disney side where there is you know it's built around mysteries and it's yeah. built around debate. it's half bringing it back because i think all disney show disney plus shows are gonna be like that yeah and also so. i think it, it's largely netflix that does this and i think it's because that just shows how prominent netflix is in the tv conversation but an awful lot of amazon prime is done weekly like the mm. boys was done weekly and I think kind of like American Gods was as well and kind of their big sort of things tend to be. And obviously quite a lot of television is still on television where it is done weekly rather than, you know, dropped it at once. So I think it just shows that how big Netflix is in this Mm. conversation, that that's the way we think about it. Um, I don't think Netflix are ever going to change because they like it because it's a big big incentive Mm -hmm. to get people to to sub, Mm. isn't it? It's like having those big dumps. And I think they just have much more content to drop than these other people, don't they? So they can just afford to drop a whole season, whereas Disney have this one show at a time, whereas they need to keep you subscribing for mm-hmm. three months to watch the whole run. Basically. I do wonder if we get to a point where, you know, obviously like every major network in the US is now opening its own streaming network. And I do mm. wonder whether there's going to start being like, well, you can watch it weekly on TV, but if you pay, you can watch mm-hmm. it all now and kind of treat it as like a premium service that way. And that might lead to, because obviously we don't have those services in the UK, so that might mm-hmm. lead to getting full dumps of weekly TV series over here. But I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, well, speaking of WandaVision, why don't we fast forward in time a little bit and talk about the last episode on what we think may be coming next in the MCU. I don't yes. know. Who knows what we'll have to talk about. We you might find out. I, I would like you to play this clip now, Cardi. What mm-hmm. if, and I don't want to go crazy here, just before, you know, in the final version of WandaVision, we are introduced to a goddamn electro freak. That <laughs> would be really interesting. And it might Maybe. sound a little something like <laughs> this. He's a goddamn electro freak. And we're back. One division is over. It is no more. Never to return. Just like Vision. Or is he? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't feel like <laughs> it, does it? <laughs> no. Uh, I feel like this is. Uh, by the way, full spoilers for One Division here. Um, <laughs> but he was already gone mm-hmm. anyway. So uh, yeah, I feel like overall. I'm going to put this out there. Overall, as a series, really enjoyed it. I did. And yes. I, do you know what? I did enjoy the last episode. It just didn't... I think they built up expectations and it maybe didn't hit quite as hard as it could have, I think is yeah. the general opinion I, I around here. I don't know what the general opinion on the internet is. but uh, I, I think it's been interesting today, based on the fact that in this very podcast, but yesterday for us, um, mm. we were talking about uh, the nice mix of weekly stuff versus binge stuff. And already today I've seen multiple people saying WandaVision has been hurt by being released weekly uh, in retrospect mm. because the amount of fan theory work and the amount of detective stuff that happens means people create yeah. this idea of like where it's going to go that doesn't come true. 
um, mm-hmm. and leads them to be disappointed in a thing that otherwise they'd never have even thought of before. Yeah, um, which is interesting. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with it, but I think it is a it's a good no. line of thinking. I mean, what do you think that mostly comes down to? Do you think? I suppose the first two or three episodes did set it up as more of a mystery uh, yeah, drama, th- like what's going on here. Yeah, I think um, one of its biggest yeah. faults is that it pretended it was a mystery box formula, and it it's not. It's a just quite a straight-up story about grief, and I kind of wish mm. it had just embraced that rather than occasionally pretending that it was hiding something much bigger, which, as you say, Joe, has kind of led to an awful lot of fan theories. And I... From a very cynical point of view, I think there's been certain things put in the end of episodes just to encourage Twitter debate so that everybody knows that One Division is still a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that hasn't helped it. But yeah, I agree with you, Cardi. Like, the sum of all its parts, I think it is one of the most interesting and enjoyable things that Marvel have done. Um, just ending has been slightly uneven for the last couple of episodes. Yeah. I feel like that is... And I have enjoyed almost all of it i think like the main crux of it and i think it culminated in quite quite a way this week was just the whole part of pietro and (laughs) what was almost like boner joke aside like that was i don't think that was just odd to me that that was what the whole punchline to this whole arc of that character was but his whole i got it had big emotional impact at the start like when he first appeared and the halloween episode i thought he was really good and then as soon as you realize okay one it's not actually anything to do with a multiverse it's just the x-men universe quicksilver appearing like that yeah for no real reason and i think that's what's annoyed me because like if you're gonna do that do make it a multiverse thing. Don't just make it a nod to fans because it makes absolutely... I know it's just actors and it's a show, but it makes absolutely zero sense that he would look like that in that universe. It, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's just a silly... It's just a silly decision. I think it's them thinking that they have perhaps more... Uh, I don't know what they think. It feels like... Did they think it was all just very funny? Yeah, I don't know. It feels like they think it's a really funny joke when actually, to fans, it's it's quite meaningful. Like it was, yeah. I especially know that when you're, pathetic, but well, especially when like, you like are on the cusp in this whole twenty plus film and TV journey of introducing the multiverse for the first time, and that felt like the first step into it. Was it just? I don't know if it was a deliberate fake out. I just for me, I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed that whole character and what like i've seen a lot of people think that joke that his name is ralph boner is is the funniest thing in the whole it's series, not though is but... it it's not <laughs> like as you as you say kind of like it's we all knew that this was the setup for the multiverse kind of like we've been told that this would lead into mm. the multiverse of madness stuff so that puts you in a certain frame of mind and as you say joe kind of like people are invested like there's not really been anything like the MCU before in terms of long-term audience investment to the point it's the fans are rabid basically like you've you've got people that will feel very very betrayed by this move and mm. i that i think is like i, I don't yeah. really know how to explain it basically but yeah that's that's the worst thing about the whole series mm. covered i think I let, some of the best is just elizabeth olsen and the whole scarlet witch character i think has come on a lot and i feel like her performance has been 
incredible throughout and there's some moments in this episode especially when she's transforming pretty much into a villain at points like in front of our eyes the costume looks incredible uh and just you've got that really tender moment and like and those two actors uh her and paul bernie like together they know how to do a good emotional scene like they've done multiple goodbyes now so they should be good a bit uh but <laughs> like that was again a real like when they're putting the kids to bed mm-hmm. and like he's melting in front of her eyes again um like you do really feel it but then yeah there is that thing in the back of your head of like well there's another vision in the world now and he's obviously coming back so it just doesn't have that same like heartbreak that it probably should have yeah i think taking that scene by itself you i think it was a, it's one of the i think it's one of the best scenes in the in the show like mm. the the kind of you know the the literal and metaphorical sort of wall of death coming towards them <laughs> yeah. it's gonna like end her life uh, in the background of multiple shots is like it's a very cool very marvel way of doing like accepting the end um and like coupled with some very tender acting and like a couple of actors who like you say have gotten very good at this and made their relationship very believable like hmm. if you'd said 15 years ago that Paul <laughs> the guy from the guy who played Chaucer in a knight's tale and one of the Olsen twins you not sisters seen Wimbledon mate were going to be like w- like a wonderful on-screen couple you you would have just yeah. been like what's going on but they've nailed it like it's really good um hmm. And yeah, so I thought that really worked. But you're absolutely right. Like the white vision stuff. Again, I actually and taken in isolation. The two visions discussing their stuff was a good scene. I enjoyed the fact that they stopped fucking fighting because the whole fighting sequence of this episode really bored me. I just, mm. I know that's something that boring critics say about Marvel films a lot. Like, why yeah. does there have to be so much fighting? And I don't agree. Like. If you take the fighting out of almost any Marvel film, it's pretty. Some of them can be shy. incredible, like yeah, Thor Ragnarok. You yeah. know, yeah, it's like it, it earns it. But One Division doesn't feel like it needed this version of fighting. It felt like a lot of no. conflicts for the sake of it, which is why you get to the sake of um, to the point of like the sword director has to come in and be a bad guy and shoot children, and you're just like, but there's no reason. There's barely any What's reason theory? for it to be yeah. in this. Like, yeah, him. Uh, like uh, the the vision fight, which ended well, thankfully. To be honest, like the Agatha versus Wanda fight wasn't interesting until it stopped being about that like was, shooting that was each other. Very with Harry, very Harry Potter, wasn't it? Very just like random smell smells spells <laughs> yeah. coming out of uh, people again. Just, it, yeah. Like the rest of the show, it only became interesting when it became a point of like a battle of wills and a battle of emotions. Like when they're mm. one of them's tied up and scared, the other one's tied up and scared. They both trapped inside their own versions of the same thing. Like that's all clever writing. Mm-hmm. I just didn't need them throwing like energy balls at each other and going grey. Like it was just <laughs> odd. Um, mm. Yeah, and yeah, and I think it speaks to like a lot of the sidelining of characters in this. Like Wu and Darcy ultimately were there as just like comedy sidekicks the whole time uh mm-hmm. th- there's there's no fundamental reason for them to come back i don't think monica rambo got a particularly great entrance as a new superhero in the marvel universe like we still she's a, she doesn't seem at all surprised that she has superpowers out of nowhere <laughs> no, and it's very odd, anyone isn't it? else like yeah it's all very bizarre i'm, I'm not sh- 
it's a weird like because they normally nail that the first time you their introductions to like superheroes are like oh like really cool yeah. moments like, like 15 <laughs> of these movies have been fucking origin stories they must be yeah. good at origin stories now because <laughs> like, so really, we're still not really they never really expect and i know it's gonna come in what perhaps secret invasion she's gonna be in miss marvel as well is she is well that, i think, I, I think it's because like there's there's a, a link to the captain marvel character right and therefore I, that links to ms marvel she's so cast yeah but like we still and i know it's fine keeping mysteries but we still don't know a lot about her we know i did think the moment with her and wanda saying like, i would have done exactly what you did was mm-hmm. a good moment like that shows a lot about her character and like ultimately not blaming wanda and not putting her as a villain ultimately although she still could turn that way we don't know but yeah we don't unless you read the comics I still don't really know what Monica Rambo's powers are. She can't. She can go see through. Well, she can. And, she can apparently stop bullets, or at least slow them okay. down to the point where they just drop out the back. And like we know that she can view the electromagnetic spectrum because that was when she was kind of mm-hmm. busting through um, through the hex. But yeah, I think especially after they built up so much antagonism between her and Haywood, I think like. As Joe was saying, like Haywood is fucking pointless. I thought he was really bad in this episode. Like he was quite oh, bad yeah. in the previous one, but they what, turned he turns him... up, tries to shoot some kids, and then gets yeah, crashes his car but, five seconds later. But also, like, <laughs> there's no switch. I know this is kind of getting off the point, but this is what bothers me about a lot about this episode. There's no switch, and again, I like the episode, but there's no switch between uh, everyone's following Haywood hmm. to Haywood's gone mad and now we're arresting him like we never get any moment of comeuppance for him we never get sword realizing that they've been following the bad guys like there's none of that emotional resonance to that decision which is the same thing i've said this already to you today matt with the the torture victims Mm -hmm. like she's had thousands of people dreaming her nightmares Mm. every night which is like when they said that that that's a genuinely (laughs) scary thing to say yeah um she's choked all these people in the street nearly to death and only the bad person stopped her. You get all this like interesting, like yeah. chewy, weird, like horrible stuff. Uh, and then at the end, she just walks past them all. No one says anything to her. And then Monica Rambo's like, "Ah oh, well, you know, I get it." And you're it's like, yes. <laughs> We've spent so much time looking at this, like the Dotty thing at the start of the series, where you <laughs> thought Dotty was going to be a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, like people kept making out that they were going to be a thing and then they're just not and there's no payoff for it at all like it's so strange yeah i don't know at that point are they just all terrified of her i don't like are they just staying away i think this is just a case of the show spins a lot of plates and i admire it for doing that but it spins Mm. too many like if they'd just done this whole thing of where it wasn't a mystery if if they'd kind of been fairly upfront, like i mean which they sort of were. On episode four, we kind of learnt a lot about what this show was about and about the, the grief thing and her supposedly having bought Vision in you know out of sword. If it had just used that episode four to sort of like say, here's everything that's going on, I don't think it would have balanced nearly as many plates because it would have just been telling this quite heartfelt story. And yeah, there wouldn't have been all of these what feel like loose threads because they were set up as if they were mysteries when really they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... I did really... Yeah, uh, just to, to carry on from what Joe was pointing about about the terrifying stuff, I think what they've done with Scarlet, which is genuinely terrific, like the mm-hmm. idea of mm-hmm. her being this apocalyptic force that is like she's given 
quite a lot up weirdly kind of like her she's not had this conclusion to her like redemptive arc and she hasn't come properly to terms with like the grief and stuff like that but what she has done is taken on this kind of mantle and become what could quite possibly be a nuclear bomb for the mcu Mm. Uh, joe you've Mm. mentioned to me earlier like she's kind of like the phoenix for this universe now like she is one of the most powerful characters in in this universe and she could be an incredible ally for kind of the avengers and may well be the next time there is an avengers film be kind of a centerpiece for that film yeah but she could also explode in everyone's face Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really liked it. It's kind of just her version of Endgame, really, isn't it? Because all the original heroes got their chance in that film to right the wrongs, mm-hmm. say goodbye to people, like have that choice where she was she'd vanished, so she didn't she hadn't had time to grieve like in those times. So like this was basically her time to grieve, and she did kind of something similar to what all those Avengers are doing, trying to bring people mm-hmm. back, except they were doing it, you know, with no negative repercussions but they didn't know that until it happened but you know it's what ultimately they did so you can see like why she's doing it and it's still like is she a villain like in my mind she's still she's still not a a villain she's not gone fully to that dark side yet i don't think they ever will fully plant her as the villain of a film see i think they will just because of like i mean obviously i i know that i kind of like i've read quite a lot of comics but Mm. I feel like she is the interesting point where you build her up now over kind of a couple of phases and then she is very very tortured and they didn't mm, yeah. they didn't absolve her of that torture in the show like the arc didn't finish she you know had while it may there's a lot that does bring her to terms with it but I think by not having vision truly dead you kind of don't bury the hatchet there and and all those kind of things and you've essentially made her an eldritch terror like look at her at the fucking end of it if there's one thing we've seen about the mcu particularly in the latter half of it um it's that like tortured good people who become bad people is like their chosen villain Mm -hmm. like they love Mm -hmm. that you know like killmonger uh baron zemo like they've done this to like normal villains who are now like interesting people with interesting motivations so i I wouldn't be surprised i'm not i'm i don't think they'd ever go so far as to make her the villain that gets killed at the end of something but i do think she could be placed placed as one Mm -hmm. um your review matt said something interesting that i hadn't considered when we watched it which is the post-credits scene where we see her essentially doing the doctor strange research thing uh and i took that to be hey this is the call the call forward to her meeting doctor strange she's like we see him literally doing that pose and researching yeah, yeah. in well, the first. It has Doctor the Doctor Strange, Strange music there as well. Doesn't oh, it? is that what it is? I I didn't notice that. I think um, in the background, yeah. But so we get that that very like visual uh, connection between those two, and I just took that to mean she's researching the Dark Hold. There's going to be something to do with finding her children in probably Mephisto world yeah, yeah. or whatever the Almost fuck it's going to be. Yeah, in the multiverse of Ma- in yeah in the multiverse of madness. But I took that to just be like, she's getting shit done. Whereas you took that to be an actual representation of there is Wanda and there is Scarlet Witch, which I hadn't considered Mm -hmm. as an idea, like that there will be an alter ego element here of some kind, which I kind of like the idea of spinning out a bit. Yeah, I think think there's... Because I think she's intentionally made to look very intimidating in that, which I love kind of like... She is an intimidating character in the in the comics. Like I'm sure mm. everybody knows the House of M storyline about like even if you've never read it, kind of like she, 
basically causes genocide at one point in the Marvel Universe. So she is very dangerous, and I like that they've amped it up. I also like that that scene sort of harks back to Watchmen with the idea of, you know, how Dr. Manhattan can astral project himself and could do yeah. lots of things, of which quite often one of those things will just be doing something, you know, like making tea. I think that shorthand of, like, this is someone incredibly powerful, and we know from the Dr. Manhattan story that that power is used for good by the person, but that can sometimes go very wrong. And so, yeah. like, I like it that. Reminded, it reminded me quite a bit as well of, like, it seemed they leave it on her, obviously. Is she searching through multiverses? I don't know, but, like, hearing her kids' voices that never actually existed, mm-hmm. uh, which I was wondering how they were going to deal with that. Like, were they two kids in this town that she'd taken as her own? But no, they just seemed creations. Um like it almost reminds me of the exact plot of uh, Spider Verse. It's almost it's pretty much what Fisk is trying to do, uh, which is like search through multiverses to get his family yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Which is, and I wonder are they yeah, and he you know, but that's different because he's always been established as a villain. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you kind of it's more of the opposite. You, he's a villain, but you understand what he's trying to do, whereas she's a hero, and you're like. Don't do that. It's stupid. Like it's weird how and I like the mind that. works. Like, either failing way, but... <laughs> heroes are arguably the most interesting side of kind of like mm-hmm. superheroes. So that's why it's why Logan is such a great hero because Wolverine is a, a like to fault to almost everything he does. Um, and a lot of I think the interesting thing is is like even though Wonder Vision is very very different to any comic I've ever read, the era of Wonder and Vision in the I'm trying to think if it was the late seventies or early eighties, but this uses an awful lot of material from that kind of like the kids and the creation and all of that is very much there. So it's surprisingly faithful to the point of like white vision is part of that storyline and all of that. So for anybody that does know their Marvel history, it's kind of like you can already see potential storylines they're setting up, which I do really like, but I also, I kind of wish that there was a little bit more of a departure there. Cause I want that excitement and that unknown from the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think ultimately we, as a series, thought it was great. I thought it was great. Like it was, it's just nice to have Marvel back first and foremost. And just it was a new, interesting spin on it. Even if it didn't ultimately deliver on the weirdness it started with, mm-hmm. I feel like it still developed that character. It wasn't just ultimately her scenario is very similar to the scenario she started with. Yeah. Like she's still alone and grieving, but it has developed it enough to suggest there's things in the future to look forward to yeah. and i mean she is going to end up with another vision and her kids back so it does feel a <laughs> bit like she's moved on but not necessarily in a the most interestingly plotted way mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's definitely done good stuff and i i'm glad i'm very glad it exists and i am glad in retrospect that it is the first mcu series because i hope mm-hmm. the good response to it makes marvel think like we can be really weird with this shit and people will take it you know, we don't need Falcon and Winter Soldier to be, which I'm sure I'll enjoy, but it is going to be less interesting formally. Like, it's going to be a spy show, and we've seen those before. I've never seen anything mm-hmm. like Division before, and that's cool. Um, I'm glad mm-hmm. that it, I'm glad that it exists for that reason. Mm-hmm. It also kind exactly. of like the, you know, a lot of the last phase of Marvel was about bringing cosmic to its bow. So it had essentially New York heroes and cosmic shit. And this was very much the thing that was like, and now we have magic. And the Mm. thing that I always really wanted from that Doctor Strange never did is magic 
can be really eldritch terror in the marvel universe like i want fiery tentacles coming from the bowels of hell and stuff like that and i am hoping that kind of like now we're kind of opening this gate to this the magic and the witches and you know very salem trials and stuff like that i'm hoping that they keep adding more sort of genres to this stable of stuff that Mm. is always fundamentally superheroes but has something weirder and stranger to work with as a base Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good, very good fun. Even if it does sound like we were very annoyed with that last episode, you know, there's still it, it, there's still a lot to enjoy. So there you go. Uh, why not let us know what you thought of One Division? Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com. It's only two weeks now until Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so not much for a break. But I'm looking forward to that a lot now, just because it was good to have Marvel back, like I said, and it was different Marvel. But it just, it, I feel like this will just winter soldier will feel like uh classic marvel back it's almost nostalgia at this zemo. point <laughs> i know i just and i want to see what zemo's up to i hope he's i have full faith that zemo will be very good as a villain and i'm hoping that also has some surprises because the trailers haven't shown a lot and i'm hoping like maybe that's just the first episode or two so see where that goes but yeah uh looking forward to that should we have We've had a lot of Wonder Vision movies. I don't. Know, should we play the actual MCU Sting because that always gets me excited? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people and then will be we'll waiting do a for absolutely nothing of us being like, <laughs> guys. I've heard from, <laughs> I've heard from the. I've US. heard from Nick. We've got to go on podcast unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh <Shit>. God! <laughs> We've got to sort out a goddamn electro free. <laughs> Goodbye. Kiss at the end. Oh, kiss. Ooh.